0: Welcome to another episode of Dangerously Dainty, where we talk with underestimated people who make bold moves. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Dangerously Dainty. Today's episode is with my cousin, Timothy, and we're going to talk about his journey as a member of the LGBTQIA community.
1: Yes. Hello. hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm excited to be on. I've listened to, you know, all your episodes so far, and I'm just stoked to be on.
0: Yes. I'm very excited to have you. The biggest thing that stands out about you is how you're unapologetically yourself. And I feel like you live very authentically to just like your personality and how outgoing you are and you're very passionate about a lot of things Mm -hmm. um so I think (laughs) you are going to be a great person to have this conversation with and perspective and just bring great energy um to the conversation so
1: yeah no I appreciate it I mean come on we used to come up with dance numbers and we used to spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. together as kids Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot. So I just feel like there's I mean, there's a small age gap between us, but within the cousins, we're the closest in age. Mm -hmm. So we just immediately, you know, connected. And um, yeah, I was always authentically myself. But at the same time, I'm sure I had no (laughs) idea growing up, to say the least. (laughs)
0: well you played it off because I remember how like you made me come out of my shell and made me do those dance videos sometimes and um (laughs) I don't know I think we always had that like special connection out of like all of the cousins because there's so many of us and that might be because of age and because we're like on the younger side of of the thirty cousins. Yeah, that spectrum
1: for sure. So should I introduce myself kind of or like what I'm about or?
0: Yeah, sure. Let's just (laughs) jump right into it. I had a little fun fact for you. (laughs) Okay, um, so that people know um, a little bit more about you and your interests. So um, plugging also your podcast, Uh, Tim has a original doll, the podcast on all platforms, right? Uh huh. And it's all about Britney Spears. Um, The first few episodes are about, you know, dissecting different songs about Britney. I know you guys started talking about the Free Britney movement and everything going on. Um, But even past what's currently going on and has been going on. Um, I know you've always been a Britney stan. Um, So that's a little bit about 10. Yeah,
1: no, for sure. That's, I mean, that's not even a fun fact. It's just the truth. <laughs> it's just <true>. yeah. <laughs> like, fun
0: fact for the listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, my, my last name on um, social media Spears. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot about, you know, me, but yeah, no, I do ha- host a podcast. Uh, the reason why I did it is because uh, obviously, you know, people are so interested in the free Britney movement right now. And, um, I just wanted to blend in, you know, the nostalgia of like growing up with Britney, and like, you know, whether it's like the music videos or the imagery or like the tours, however you liked it, but then also bring in the perspective of, um, you know, the situation that she's in, um, when it, when it comes into regards of her conservatorship. So, I mean, we're all little, it's funny. Cause we always say that we turned it to like a part of Elle Woods from Legally Blonde, because we didn't, you know, we just cared about Britney Spears, the person and the brands, but never about like law or anything along those lines. Mm. So you have to put a different thinking cap on. And yeah. So about myself, I'm Timothy. I'm 27 years old. I'm a marketing professional. Um, Graduated from University of Central Florida in the year 2016, uh, business marketing major, minor in sociology. uh, And kind of have gone into multiple industries, um, since then, um, banking, retail, hospitality. Mm -hmm. Most recently I am back in the retail world. Um, and I've also moved quite a lot. I'm sure as Adriana knows, um, I, I grew up for the most part in Orlando, Florida. However, I started my career in Columbus, Ohio, lived in Austin, Texas for three years. And then my most recent, um, sting was in minneapolis minnesota Mm -hmm. but that will never happen again because (laughs) i do not like the cold i don't know how you guys do it up in the northeast
0: let's jump into it so for my icebreaker question because we're talking about your journey of coming out and all that entails um i wanted to know who has been your lgbtqia (laughs) plus uh role model for you Who's I love that. You, you put like the, the, you. the whole acronym.
1: And it, yes, <laughs> I, can, I can explain why I, I, I love the whole acronym because, um, I have a friend in Austin who's an intersex activist. And I, for the longest time, I didn't really understand what the I represented in mm-hmm. the acronym at all. And it's basically when, um, a baby or a child is, is born with both chromosomes X and Y and, um, unfortunately a lot of these children don't get to make their decision on like what's going to be kind of um injected into them mm-hmm. as a, a child it comes down to the parents and the doctor and there's a lot of um things that are currently happening in the U.S. Uh, regarding to this and it's kind of disturbing to say the least and mm-hmm. I feel like within the community sometimes they're a little forgotten mm-hmm. um so I just got to make sure no that, you know,
0: Yeah, thank you for, yeah, so I just, <laughs> for sharing that. Yeah. I'm by no means am any expert on this conversation. So, um, I'm glad that you're like bringing these, you know, explanations. to. Yeah. Table.
1: And it's ever changing too. I mean, with the, the roles of, you know, gender norms and non-binary people mm-hmm. and, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, and like, it feels like more than ever, like, you know, in society, people are accepting, you know, trans men and trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just to know that um, it's an ever-changing umbrella term and, you know, acronym, and we're just figuring it out together. So so yeah. back to the question is, who do I look up to as role models within the, you know, the queer community, I guess you could say, as a whole? Yeah. Um I, I don't, I, I don't really have a specific role model that's that I know that was openly queer. I looked up to multiple people and different mentors mm-hmm. and just kind of take bits and pieces of them um, and be like, okay, if they're able to live their most you know, authentic life to themselves, why can't I? And just mm-hmm. took it as aspiration.
0: Did you think it was more relatable to have um, mentors within your own like life uh, in comparison to you know a celebrity or someone like on a larger platform what do you think has really helped i guess you with
1: up? like what because obviously like um i love pop culture i love celebrities mm-hmm. i think i look up to them like more as not necessarily aspiration but just kind of like as um a push to mm-hmm. like motivation to continue doing what I'm doing however yeah. a lot of I would say a lot of my mentors are not a part of the community at all um they're just really good allies mm-hmm. um so yeah and you're not getting that direct feedback from celebrities on what to do and what not to yeah. do you know what I mean and like yeah
0: yeah because then I I think of celebrities or actors and in, in the form of like representation in the media as like an important thing you know, community to see just as you see, you know, or we should see more people of color on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so the queer community should also be a part of that, um, which I, th- I think we're slowly seeing, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's of course important to have someone just in your daily life to help you
1: Yeah. And I do think like shows like Modern Family, Will and Grace and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like that kind of brought like the mainstream perspective on people to understand, you know, not necessarily the whole community, but like, you know, gay men specifically, I think Mm -hmm. it was kind of like middle white America was able to relate a little bit more to like kind of come from a different understandings when it comes to will and grace and to modern family and stuff like that so like I'm grateful for that but it's not like I would look to that as daily aspirations or inspiration
0: and do you think that there's some tropes in the media that um don't accurately represent all people in the queer community and sometimes there's some like stereotypical representation or you know that doesn't encompass everyone
1: um that's a good question I think yes um like some things you're like why would this represent but it seems like as time has shifted they were able to develop different characters There's, there's like a tiktok and twitter like reference that like the there's always there might be a gay character in a movie but it's always mm-hmm. like the friend and it's never mm-hmm. like they're only like role in the movies always to uplift the, the girl character yeah. which is kind of funny but at the same time I really do love to uplift my girlfriends as mm-hmm. a gay man right. <laughs> like okay, I really yeah. genuinely do enjoy it yeah so um but yeah and I think it's the same thing when it comes to like also like being like Latino and Latina like being a part of the you know latinx community that like i'm sure like there's certain things that are like a little over exaggerated when it comes to the media like "Mm," you know and but you're kind of grateful for it at the same time so it really just depends on like how the perception of it all and like how how bad of a misrepresentation was it um For example, like I just remember, I saw Love, Simon in the movie theaters with a few Mm -hmm. of my friends in Austin, Texas, and it was cute, but I'm like, I just really, I'm like, this is so unrelatable. Like Mm -hmm. so many people have coming out stories that was not as easy with their parents at all. So like, why are they like kind of selling this perfect story? But I'm like, you know what? Let, let them sell the perfect story because Mm -hmm. then maybe the families might see this and then learn how to react appropriately.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of Love, Simon, but I didn't want to bring it up because it is such a controversial movie. I know that that was a feeling that most people had, um, that it was this kind of cookie-cutter story um, that is just not the reality of many people. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just in general, like my, you know, it wasn't easy to say the least. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's definitely... You know, my coming out story was not as cookie cutter as Love Simon or even, you know, Love Victor. It was de- it's definitely a journey, and I'm still on that journey. Um, mm-hmm. As much as I think that, like, I've made, you know being a part of a Latino family, Puerto Rican family, definitely comes with its battles um, when, you know, they were raised a certain way, you know, raised in the Catholic Church and, you know, have their ideas on what society should look like and what family should look like. And then you're kind of here, like challenging the status quo. And um, I definitely think that, I I will say this, I, I am accepted by the family. I do think there's more room for progression and more acceptance and understanding, um it's kind of like at a don't ask don't tell perspective mm-hmm. but it's past that obviously i'm very <laughs> you know authentic to myself um so i could only hope that in the next 10 years like no i want it now obviously yeah. but i have noticed within the past 10 years I, i've been out since um 13 years old officially So since 13 years old, um, I will say that the progression regarding to my parents' acceptance and my family's acceptance, that's at the end of the day, it really comes down to my, my parents' acceptance as evolved.
0: Mm -hmm. And I just want to press this with like, thank you for having this conversation. And I know that, you know, you brought this to me as, you know, speaking your truth and I, um, want to make that clear for anyone listening to, because I don't want people to think that um, in a lot of conversations, we tend to put people on a platform or kind of like tokenize them. And that's not necessarily fair if they don't feel comfortable having this conversation. But um, I was happy that you brought this to me and you were like let's talk about this um, topic specifically because growing up a little bit younger than you I did always notice that it was kind of this don't ask don't tell or like very you know oh yeah we know Timothy is gay but we just don't say anything and I always thought that was odd and I'm like I don't even know your coming out story Like I don't even know what you were going through and um, I remember thinking how are we supporting him if he if we don't even openly have these conversations and I thought that was very unfair Um, but thinking of what does he feel comfortable with does he feel comfortable having these conversations but Maybe, you know, we should have just been there regardless.
1: Yeah. And I think you were there for regardless. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think I've ever officially came out to you.
0: Yeah. I don't think I did. Oh. Like, I never told
1: you, like, I kinda, I'm kind of i gay. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. Like, we just kind of knew. I think, I, I don't, like, you, was there a certain day? You're like, oh, wow, he's out? No. <laughs>
0: what I can tell you that... That we were college graduation. I think
1: it was college. Yeah, I brought my my first my first boyfriend. I so did.
0: I wasn't there, but it was kind of like, oh, he <laughs> brought his first boyfriend, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> okay. Like is. this is not a shock to me.
1: <laughs> I guess there was like you know like there's just so much shame not shame but there's just so much like how are people going to react to it you know and it's mm-hmm. like even if they don't know like if i say it like how are they going to react to it so at a certain point when i got to the grad my my college graduation it's like there's nothing at this point like come on y'all already know and it wasn't even about it it was more of just like ideally in my future I would love to have someone around the family because my our families are so tight-knit yeah for the most part and we'd love to do like social things together you know Mm -hmm. on holidays sometimes on the weekends Mm -hmm. so like it would be great to like have someone a part of that um and I just feel like for so many years like um I just haven't had
0: that I wonder do you think if we would have facilitated that conversation if you had felt comfortable with it would you have felt more inclined to bring people around? oh
1: for sure for sure but the, but at the same time like I already kind of knew that like there was I put so much pressure on on you know, bringing my, fr- my first boyfriend to- around my family that mm-hmm. we ended up bringing it up a month later. <laughs> so oh my it's gosh.
0: Just...
1: <laughs> Sorry for like, so like now I kind of learned that like, well, maybe not until things kind of get serious or whatever mm-hmm. the cases. but yeah. And, but also like, I wasn't really dating like I was, but That's true, you know, yeah. like. It's one of those things that, yes, but it's kind of like an imagination world, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. was I actually putting myself out there to meet people? Like, I was one of the only, I think there was a total of three openly gay students in my high school. Um, One of them was not my type, Mm -hmm. and then another (laughs) one was not my type either, (laughs) so... (laughs) on top of that like within I'm sure like if anyone who listens to this like that grew up queer or like especially if they were out like in high school or in college like you know there's like limited range of people Mm -hmm. and like people just expect you to like want to date them like no no, I don't want to date them you know Mm -hmm. so but going to college too I mean once you're at a big university things kind of shift Mm -hmm. you know you start hearing stories of people coming out and you're like damn what the hell why couldn't you come out four years later Mm -hmm. you know before (laughs) but um I think in college there's just like more of an acceptance place for sure
0: do you mind talking a little bit about coming out to your immediate family? family
1: um so my coming out process was not easy to say the least um it was a journey um you know some of my immediate family uh, I mean I'll say it out there my parents thought it wasn't you know seen well in the church Mm -hmm. of like how they were raised and on top of that like within the church so my father is Pentecostal and then my mother is Catholic so we kind of like they're like, well, we need to get you closer to Christ. So they like kind of mutually agreed. My parents are separated, they're divorced. So they kind of agreed that like, I would like start going to Sunday school as if that's going to like take the gay away. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then, um I went to one Sunday school um, at my my normal church and I was getting bullied lightly, like just kind of like, I remember getting bullied one day for saying that I smiled too much. He's like, why are you always smiling? Like, and yeah, I just remember that. Um, And like, it took away my, you know, my happiness for a second. And then I came out to some of my friends in my middle school, some of my friends that I came out to in middle school went to another Catholic church. So I asked my mom, Hey, can I start going to to this Sunday school instead? Because at least the students there kind of already know that I'm gay. Right. Uh Well, at that time I was, I was bi currently stance, by the way, identify as a gay man. However, like I understand, like I try to use the queer terminology because I do feel like sexual, sexuality is kind of a spectrum. And like, I, I'm very, ideally in my eyes, I think I'm very open to whatever comes my way. Okay. However, on dating apps, I'm definitely looking for men. Like I'm not looking for anything else. Um, so yeah, I went start, I started accepting myself and started went going to this church and finding my relationship with Christ while at the same time, you know, accepting my, you know, that I was gay. And, um, I kind of got lot. to that you were
0: know, at, at what age.
1: So I came out in the seventh grade
0: so officially.
1: So that was like around 13 years old.
0: Yeah,
1: And, um, I kind of, um, just started to accept both hand in hand. Cause I felt like I had a really good relationship with my religion and my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got to a place that like, if I'm having this good of a relationship with my, my God, how can anyone else's words affect that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my like I know and I feel like I've had conversations with Christ of him accepting me, you know, and telling me that it's okay. And, you know, thoughts of, you know, suicide, thoughts of sadness, thoughts of everything along those lines were there for initially when it comes to family, but like Mm -hmm. I just learned to like, you know, block it out. And um, I think my parents, especially my mom, I think she just got excited that I was like actively like seeking to go into church and like seeing my friends and everything along those lines so I think little by little she started to accept it more and then Mm. my father was a little different both of them are you know it's I would say this the process from year to year and uh, the progression that my parents have made as individuals, I'm very proud of. So just to know that he could kind of evolve on it um, meant a lot. And um, one, I do remember, I do remember one time um, my father messaging me that he texted message me that he saw a movie about someone who killed himself due to being gay because of his family not accepting him through the church. And, um, he like basically was just like, I love you.
0: Yeah. That probably rocked his world. Like to see that that is the reality for many people.
1: It is. And that's a sad reality. So, um, I'm, I'm I'm forever grateful but I know like everyone's coming out story is so different and the thing is like I know like now we're in 2021 and people are saying don't come out like until oh. you cut people appropriately and then you know like if you know that you're gay and your mother might not accept it or if you know you're gay and like you're relying on someone else and they're not going to accept it like you know, figure out how to get out of it first and then do live your authentic life. And it's, it's like, mm, you know, Mm. it's hard. (laughs) Wow. So like you're thinking about coming out don't. And on top of that, a lot of stigma is gone down too. So like some people don't necessarily need to come out too. Like Mm. I didn't need to come out to you, Ariana. I was just kind of Mm. assumed.
0: (laughs) I know, but I always wonder, is it wrong to assume and then not let you speak your truth you know
1: yeah that is true well i don't think it's wrong to assume because then but just i think it's wrong when you're gossiping if you're gossiping Mm. and like you don't actually know and you're sharing like whether if it's negatively or positively sometimes um just rather just keep it to yourself um and if show support in different ways i remember my aunt like Mm -hmm. showing support to me at a younger age saying that like yeah, I have gay friends or just like showing like, yeah. um, And that like is the subtle way of saying like, okay, well, when I'm ready, I'll come out to you or like when I'm ready, I'll talk to you about this, you know, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I was, yeah, I was going (laughs) to ask like when they come out, what is a great way to show your support?
1: A great way to show support is saying, I accept you and I love you. (laughs) That is the perfect way to show support in your way, because there's just so much added pressure in society and they're only going to have like, you know, a lot thrown at them soon, just in society in general. So might as well, you know, if, if you could accept them, let go of whatever thing that you might be holding on, you know, and I, I like, it's funny, like you could have, say, for example, I have a kid and I want my daughter to be the, like the best cheerleader there is. I put her in cheer camp mm-hmm. and she's loving it, but then she decides in the degree, that she's not really loving it. And she wants to, you know, pursue basketball or <laughs> whatever the case is, or just not do any sports. Yeah. Um, it's just finding that like, okay, like I accept you. just be- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I support you and whatever decision that you're making. And yeah. as long as it's not bad, like wh- being a part of the LGBTQ, that's not bad at all. Like, no. I, I don't understand what, what negative stigma is no. associated other than your pride.
0: Yes. You know, it should, it, there should be no judgment, but I think people get so, um, I don't know, caught up in their own mental processes and then not think of what that other person is actually going through. That's Cause it takes ask. a lot
1: of like courage to like say something
0: so you talked about your relationship with your religion. Um, yeah. how have your friends or people in the queer community that you've come across when you share that you are someone who has this really strong faith? Like, <laughs> Cause I know that that is something that might, um, be confusing to people, um, because you have this, you're always someone that has had strong faith from an outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. but I wonder how, you know, how people wonder about how you balance the two together and are part of, especially like the institution of like the Catholic church, which is. Yeah. Not well, accepting. first off it's
1: problematic. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's I mean, not just accepting the Catholic church in general. I don't necessarily being a Christian in the LGBTQ community. It's, you're gonna get eyes for sure, and even mm-hmm. within the community,
0: because mm-hmm. they're
1: just like, "Are you serious?" Um, and it's because they they've excluded, you know, a lot of these churches, especially Christian organizations over the cases. They they've excluded people. They've
0: marginalized so much, them. yeah. And
1: it's um, it's based pure judgment and on their end. And at the end of the day, like you know, like only God could really judge. At the end of the day, in my belief, so like. I try to explain that like anyone who didn't exclude you in your church or call you out, whatever the case is, that's not of Christ. Cause what Christ is, is love. So Mm -hmm. like how, like, I'm sorry that that was your experience, but my experience, yes, I received that growing up, but I kind of knew how to block them out appropriately and I was able to, you know, continue on with my faith. Actually in Austin, Texas, I hosted, I'm not sure if you remember, I hosted a bi-weekly Christian. Oh,
0: yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Openly gay Christian group. Um, but it wasn't just gay men. It was, you know, I just, I, I put the whole umbrella term uh, acronym because um, I want to be, you know, inclusive to all. Mm-hmm. Um, but wait, it doesn't necessarily matter what other people, so there's two, there's the, the queer perspective that like, they, they're like, how are you a Christian? And then there's the Christians that like, how are you like, you're not accepted. And it's just kind of to block out, especially the Christians that don't accept you, but find the Christians that do accept you. And you'll be able to just, just as much as how they justify the Bible, you'll be able to justify the Bible in your way too. And appropriately, and Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're accepted too. So. Mm
0: -hmm. No, (laughs) yeah. I just ask because, um, Sometimes when having conversations, you know, outside of this conversation of the queer community, but um, being pro-choice and being um, someone who also identifies as, you know, as Christian and a Catholic, Mm -hmm. I get a lot of questions. How do you balance the two and then make both parties understand? Because how do you you feel like you're in the middle? How How do do you do it? I explain it the same way. Like I explain it that I was taught, I think my mom is very an old fashioned Catholic woman, but she always taught me that G- like, you know, Jesus practiced compassion and he sat with all kinds of people um, mm-hmm. who were marginalized during those times. So who's to say that like, you can't do the same during these times in which we live in with like all of these communities, like pro-choice people, queer people, support, respect and bring everyone together.
1: And at the end of the day, it's no one, it's no one else to judge you mm-hmm. and your perspectives on things. Like it's at the end of the day, it's your relationship with Christ. And mm-hmm. that's what people need to do. It's a one-on-one relationship. So it's just learning how to exclude any, any people that have so much opinion, especially when they're not paying your bills. <laughs> <laughs> like who are you to judge for? Can you figure out your situation first? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, because there's,
0: well, shifting a little bit in um, in the conversation, but you touched a little bit of it in explaining the I within the LGBTQIA plus community, yeah. right? So that makes me think of how we um, discuss raising children in society. And now I think we're learning more ways of how to impose less gender stereotypes on a kid who, mm-hmm. you know, this is their, they're their own human being and they can decide who they want to be and how they want to express their own gender and sexuality. Do you, you know, do you have any thoughts on that on like how we can impose less stereotypes on people? And
1: Um, I think, yeah, we're like, you know, challenging this out of school. I know Demi Lovato, like I actually got into a a debate like last week with a friend Lightly and he was like, oh, Demi Lovato tweeted out that, you know, um, doing, um, gender reveal parties is transphobic Mm -hmm. he's like I think that's disgusting like that's not true and I was like it is like in actuality it really (laughs) is and I was like it is transphobic because like at the end of the day you're putting so much pressure on this child um when they they're they're not they're figuring it out you know Mm -hmm. and um so I think a way that you know you and I and hopefully you know if we have children if we decide to have children or not or you know just kind of um try to be as neutral as possible. If we're going to lightly push something, like it's okay to get excited that we're going to have a girl or it's okay that we're going to get excited that we're going to have a boy whatever the case is. But like, don't like push a narrative too much and just, mm. you know, I don't think there should be too much of a push and just have both a lot of options available and just kind of see where your child kind of naturally flows with. And I think, I definitely think like on the rise, like non-binary is going to be like, huge I mean yeah. if you spoke and, and the thing is like like four years ago if we did they them pronouns like people would just be so confused like I was confused mm-hmm. four years ago when it comes to they them pronouns but now it's like okay I understand that a little bit more and like okay like you know what is gender at this point anyways so mm-hmm. just kind of finding out allowing your child to be whatever whatever they want to be So. Yeah, and even the time, people could still be upset with it, like, Latinx, Mm -hmm. you know, and people were very, Mm -hmm. you know, against that, too, and it's just, like, finding out, like, come on, like, the world is evolving, society is evolving, and you could kind of decide on which side you want to stand on, but, like, I just hope people start like, you know, side with the progressing, the progressive side and just keeping uh, an open heart and open mind and um, just moving in that direction.
0: Can you speak a little bit about the Latinx just for anyone who doesn't really understand that? Because
1: I love it. When I like, that's the one that I, I never, it never used to be a pet thief growing up, but now mm-hmm. it's just like, Oh yeah, you're Spanish. And I was like, the proper terminology is Latino, <laughs> you know, what yeah. mean, Latinx, mm-hmm. but like, I, so I'm not like hard hitting on it. I understand why people use Latinx. It's, it's all inclusive. The reason being, it's because um when in the American in the English language, when you, like, you look at, like, Canadians, Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, you got different, like, regions of people that you say, like, Australians or... Like
0: nationalities. Mm-hmm.
1: British. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there's... They're trying to be British. Or, so, as I was saying, is basically, you know, th- recently they wanted to make sure it's an all-inclusive to including the trans community mm-hmm. and hopefully even non-binary people because um, Latino and Latina, you know, is it's technically defined by two genders but we already know that you know in the queer community and just in society in general there's there's more than two genders so it's like you know finding that all-inclusive term. so latinx is like what we're trying to push for um Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's like so so.
0: thank you for discussing all of this with me yeah it was a lot yes um of course we did not like discuss everything um <laughs> that is encompassed within the movement and the community um but hopefully we just shed a little bit of light with the time that we had
1: yeah um, yeah and um, and, and uh, before we move on to my next segment like just my story could be very different from multiple people's stories you know but um if i could be a source to anyone feel free to reach out um to me and i could try to help you out here and there um but yeah, everyone's story is going to be different.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's do our rose and thorn. Yeah. What is your rose and thorn? Um,
1: hmm. You know, a thorn will be, you know, not I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, a thorn would be being gay. I feel like in society, it would be so much easier to just be a straight male, you know, with when it comes to the pressures of friends, with society, with family, it would just come a lot more easier. But my rose is also being gay (laughs) Um, because I, as much as, as many battles as it came with, and it's, you know, still an ongoing process. um, It's the most authentic that I am to myself. And um, they have a saying within the queer community is like, just because you're not accepted within your family, um, you could always choose your family so that's where I felt in Austin. I was able to like select people that I felt like, I'm like, you know what? These are my people. So I think, um, that's my pro that I'm also my rose is that I'm gay.
0: Oh my gosh. That was such a good rose and thorn. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for chatting with me. Here's to moving to Austin and making all of your dreams come true amen thank you and i'm
1: so stoked i love you more i'm so stoked for this podcast um i'm so stoked for this podcast i'm hella proud of you i know you're very you know i'm so extroverted you're kind of a little bit more introverted um however i i know that you um inspire so many so this this podcast started off what you doing stories on the instagram Mm -hmm. and uh look at where you are now so i'm just hella proud and um just continue on you know we're only starting with our lives and cheers to a better future as we're going to continue being close regardless of what state we might live in and um thank you to the listeners for listening to this i know it was a little long but we love you (laughs)
0: Yes, we love you all. Keeping Unexpectedly Bold and check out the original doll podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dangerously Dainty. Make sure to turn on your notifications for new episodes. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I would love to see and hear your support on the journey of self-discovery. You can also follow the Dangerously Dainty Instagram at dangerously.dainty for updates on upcoming episodes and thriving Thursday posts for motivation. Thanks for listening and keeping unexpectedly bold.